turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. News, views, and interviews important to you. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. The program is dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And of course, on our program, The Roger Franklin Williams Show, we do that from a perspective that honors America's founding traditions of God, family, and country. Um, I have a, just a, kind of some general topics I'd like to comment on that uh, today, um, that are in line with our the mission of our program. Before we get into that, though, I want to give you give a word from our friends over at Network Sound and Video. Of course, Valentine's Day is rapidly approaching, and as I know from personal experience, Valentine's Day can be one of those holidays that's very difficult to buy for. For sometimes, you know, our our most uh, dear loved ones are the ones who are most difficult to buy gifts for. And so in that case, um, to help remedy that situation, I would like to suggest that you contact Vito and Rhonda over at Network Sound and Video. And what they can do is produce a wonderful, unique, personal gift for you uh, to present to your loved one um, that literally is something like they would never have from any, any other source and will be an important, cherished part of their lives. Of course, as you hear frequently on our show, what the great work that's done at Network Sound and Video is they can take everything from you know pictures that are decades old, um, outdated forms of media, VHS tapes, 8mm tapes, all forms of media that at one time were <laughs> cutting edge, if you will, you know, old home movies, et cetera, et cetera and which are now even difficult to access. In many cases, they're not even in good condition. They're not even in good enough condition to even play. But then in other, other situations, such as the situation I've had, um, it was the media was outdated. Um, you could, they couldn't find anything, the kind of recorder you would need to, to watch these wonderful events. So, um, you know, weddings, anniversaries, birthday parties, re- military reunions, um, you know, of veterans, all these kinds of things. Um, oftentimes are on um, in formats that just are no longer usable. Well, Vito can take that and with his incredible expertise, been doing this for over 30 years successfully, and put it in updated media. You can watch it on your computer. He can put it on a what's called a flash drive or a thumb drive. It's, and the reason it's called a thumb drive is because it's about the size of your thumb. And in other words, you can take boxes and boxes and boxes of things that you have, um, pictures, 8-millimeter tape, VH1 um, tape, all those kinds of things, 
and get it down into a format you could literally carry in your pocket or, or put in your desk drawer, and then you plug it into your computer, and, and you can watch it and use it in a variety of different ways. Um, share it online um, uh, with, and via your phone, et cetera, et cetera, with your loved ones around the country and around the world. That's a brief uh, um, assessment of the kind of great work that, that they do at Networks Down to Video, and I can assure you, uh, you will have a gift to present your loved one that literally nobody else could ever, ever duplicate, which will, will most likely be cherished for uh, the rest of our lifetimes. You can find them at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. That's NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. Just give them a call at 407-834-8555. That's 407-834-8555. A live person will answer the phone. <laughs> you won't get uh, hung up in voicemail hell hell when you call Network Sound and Video. Or you can just drop by and see them. They're located very conveniently on Ronald Reagan Boulevard right here in Longwood and um, in the Merritt Center in the Big Tree uh, Business District over on Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Longwood. So they'd love to see you. Drop by and say hello. And that's Network Sound and Video where your memories can last forever. Once again, you can find them online at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. What I'd like to address in the the moments we have here in this segment are you know, a, a situation that's been a, a continuing theme of our show literally since we went on the air on December 31st, 1997. And this is a situation that continues to get to get increasingly worse, and now it's, it's going at warp speed. And that's the infiltration of political correctness into our daily lives. And we've seen an egregious example of that from my perspective um, just play itself out here, right here in Central Florida, specifically Seminole County, uh, in the last couple of weeks. What I'm referring to is a situation where a young man who has had an exemplary career, worked his way up the political system most recently, his name is Mike Rattel, um, most recently served as Seminole County Supervisor of Elections, which, of course, is an incredibly important post. Um, his outstanding work was recognized you know, widely, uh, including by the, the new governor, uh, Governor DeSantis, to the point where he was actually appointed by Governor DeSantis uh, based on merit to be the new Secretary of State for the, for the state of Florida. And that is just a, a hugely um, important position. Um. And by all accounts, well-deserved by Mike Ertel to be awarded there because of the great work that he's done over the course, long course of his career, especially specifically as supervisor of elections in Seminole County. Well, <laughs> a picture surfaced of, of Mike Ertel at a Christmas party, at a Halloween party, excuse me, Halloween party, some years ago, back around uh, 2005 in the, in the uh, aftermath of the Hurricane Katrina disaster and tragedy, national tragedy, and um, which was deemed to be politically incorrect. And so, um, you know, he was dressed as a person of color, and I guess apparently um, the theme of, of his a costume, if you will, was uh, to be a Katrina victim, which, I mean, what's the point of Halloween parties? You know, the, you know people might say that's silly and in poor taste and all those kinds of things, which, of course, you know, certainly make that argument, but uh, isn't that kind of the point of Halloween parties? <laughs> Is, isn't that kind of the point of, of, of parties, uh, costume parties in general, to uh, get outside the norm, 
to actually to do things in, in you know, not necessarily you know, in, in, in poor taste, if you will. Um, that's kind of the point of a Halloween party. So, so the point here that I'm making is that the punishment, and basically once this resurfaced, uh, there was media hysteria, which as, as I have come to know, and as I'm sure all of you know, everyone who listens to our program is aware <laughs> that the media in general, the mainstream media in general, is completely out of touch with rank-and-file Americans, especially rank-and-file Americans and citizens who believe in the our founding uh, values of God, family, and country. So personally, <laughs> every time I see, and I know many of you, um, something of this happen like this where the media, the mainstream media, um, also known more, probably more accurately or more accurately as the lamestream media and also the left-wing media, um, I discount about 90% of everything they come up with. And when they go on a crusade like this against uh, somebody, an undeserving person, um, I personally just discount it and pay no attention to it. And I strongly suspect, to the point where I pretty much know, that that's the case with with an overwhelming majority of Americans. But anyway, um, people on the inside, if you will, are are, are thoroughly intimidated by these kinds of things. And uh, from what I understand, or I guess, my, or my interpretation, let's put it that way, because I don't have any inside uh, insight on this at all um, is apparently Governor DeSantis was shaken up by the situation and, um, you know, just um, asked for apparently uh, asked for Mike Rattel to resign. And I just think that's a, a terrible, you know, I think that's, um, you know, a very bad situation. So it's one, one more triumph of political correctness, you know, one more uh, example of us not having a sense of humor as a country and a society. And, and I think that it's a, a very bad thing here. I mean, and, and look, just before we move on, um, let me just uh, say that paint pay, pay, pay no a more explicit picture. And that is, um, you know, here's a young man, a man who built a career, which is not easy to do, based on hard work, ability, all these kinds of things which took place over a period, long period of years, decades even, got into, you know, got into a situation, an important position in the state of Florida, a position of service to the citizens of Florida, um, based on merit, based on successful accomplishments, by all accounts deservedly uh, in that position, was going to serve by, by, you know, by all indications that the people, citizens of Florida, well, in a, in a in a tough job, a job that's not easy to do, and so now he is, um, you know, not only uh, kicked out of that job because of some short term, literally twenty four forty eight hour media hysteria, but um, also because, um, yeah, basically for that, and, and because of the the tyranny of political correctness. So, anyway, those those are my thoughts on that issue, and you know, you know, it's it's a passing news story to most people. Oh well, too bad. Whatever, we move on. Well, well, you know. At some point, what what happens to the my cartels of the worlds happens to you as, and me as well, or, or someone we, we know and we love. So, um, I I feel compelled, if you will, to to share my thoughts on, on this issue, and and I really wish there was more pushback against this, and I wish, um, you know, I wish my cartel hadn't have had to had to step aside. And one thing is a practical matter. One more thing is a practical matter. These kinds of things, um, you know, take place in a 
in a very short news cycle. So, and that's one thing that you know, President Trump has done a phenomenal job of demonstrating is if you just hunker down, weather the storm for for you know twenty four, forty eight hours, seventy two hours, maybe a week, something like most likely not a week. Um, you know the move. <laughs> The, the the news cycle rapidly moves along to something else. They you know some other attack on some other person, and um, and everybody forgets about it literally within three, four, or five days. And I think that was a more effective way of dealing with these kinds of um, attacks on people and their character and, and their careers and their lives than uh, than than caving into it. So those are my thoughts there. Uh, before we go to break, I want to of course remind you about our friends over at Sheila Auto Repair and let you know that. If you are looking for a place that will care for your car, truck, SUV, or any other vehicle with old-school honesty, dependability, and integrity, I urge you to get over to see my friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair, Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos. No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. In fact, that's where I take my car. It's located in 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopkin. Be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Of course, now is a great time to give a great shout-out to our friend Dr. Patrick St. Germain, St. Germain Chiropractic, and BurnFatOrlando.com. And from the St. Germain Chiropractic side of the business, I want you to know that, and you should know that, Dr. Patrick St. Germain has worked with athletes at all levels, from elite college and professional athletes to um, to um, Olympic champions. So when you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. That's 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. We'll be right back on The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back. Good to have you here for The Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. And now back to the studio. Here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back. The Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. I want to give a special hello to our friends Don and Teeny Fannin. Some of our most loyal listeners are on our show. In fact, they go back to the very first year that we were on the air back in 1998, actually. And I, of course, Don does a great job of keeping up with me and sharing his thoughts about our show and about other important things that topical events news events that take place in our community. And I just wanted to get another great letter from him recently and wanted to just uh, give a shout out and say hello to Don and Teeny and, and hope you hope you are, are doing well. And I always love hearing from you and appreciate your loyal support of our show. I Before we uh, talk about the next topic, I'd like to, of course, let you know about our friends over at Florida Door Solutions and let you know that if you have any kind of garage problem or you need anything that has anything to do with garage doors, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. Florida Door Solution was founded on the old school foundation of knowledge, professionalism, and commitment to their customers. Florida Door Solutions carries only the best names in the garage door industry. Florida Door Solutions is also a local family-owned business, and in the best old school tradition, Florida Door Solutions gives back. So when you have garage door problems, contact Florida Door Solutions. You can find them at FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com. Or just give them a call at 
FLA door. That's 866 FLA door. And be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. If you have garage door problems, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. One other thing <laughs> that I'd like to share with you, my thoughts and on a, on a situation that's not high profile at all. In fact, it's I think it's it's quite low profile, but it's really gotten my attention, and it's something that I think once again is an, a, a situation where the mainstream media, aka lamestream media, is promoting, trying to promote an issue or create an issue where the solution would be, as is always the case with the media, the left media. Uh, liberal media, left-wing media, which the ultimate solution for this problem would be more government control, would be um, more, just, you know, more government, more money spent, more intrusion, less freedom for individuals. And what I, the topic of which I'm speaking is the situation of pedestrians being, uh, you know, deaths, frankly, people being, you know, hit by automobiles, you know, and, and killed, which is a terrible situation. And apparently, from what, you know, I understand if it's accurate, and, and I, I suspect it is accurate, that Central Florida, uh, I don't know exactly how they're defining it, let's just call it Greater Metro Orlando, Central Florida, is the A leader or maybe even the leader annually in pedestrian deaths being hit by cars which is a terrible, terrible situation. Um, now, this is something that's a consistent um, story uh, in the Orlando Sentinel particularly, and I think on the news stations as well. And my, I'll just share my personal experience with you. And my personal experience, of course, you know, we've got, it's a huge, you know, our Orlando especially is a huge tourist destination. Got the whole International Drive area. A lot of these accidents take place on International Drive and the International tourist area. You know, we've got, obviously everybody knows who has a car and ventures out onto the highways and the roads knows how uh, difficult, uh, you know, what, what the kind of traffic situation we have here in central Florida. Um, so, but so by the point I'm making is a large part of this particular problem based on my experience as a driver and as a pedestrian in some cases is pedestrians who are not careful about walking into the road. And I'm, and I'm sure many of you listening will know exactly what I'm talking about, but th- this side of the equation never gets brought up. But I can tell you, and I probably drive more than the average person, but it is amazing how many how many times somebody, a pedestrian, you'll see walking right out in the middle of the road. Uh, and oftentimes a busy, busy, busy highway. It's not unusual at all for me to see um, mothers with babies in a stroller or toddlers holding their hand, uh, trying to get across a four or five lane um, highway with, with fast moving traffic, or uh, you're walking up the wrong side of a, of, of a road around a curve, you're pushing their stroller, um, as happened to me one night in, at, at, at dusk, where they were literally virtually impossible to see. Uh, so my point is, first of all, the first point is this is a terrible tragedy that people, pedestrians, are being killed, just, you know, are, are being killed. It's, it's terrible. However, as I see these these stories reported, 
the there seems to be the solution seems to be more you know more government agencies um more money if you will spent which of course would come from taxes uh probably ultimately more restrictions on drivers and i think the people driving this issue are the are the types who want to get people totally out of their cars anyway um which is a whole nother issue but my, the point that i would make is the first dual responsibility in the situation are for pedestrians to be careful for pedestrians not to walk in front of cars, literally for pedestrians to at least use the crosswalk, but then also understand that, that the crosswalk isn't, isn't a barrier. It isn't a steel barrier and to, and to understand, which I think many of us already understand. Don't put your, the, your, your life, don't put your faith in, in somebody flying down the road in a car because I can assure you that um, in a large percentage of cases, the person flying down the road at a car through the, through the crosswalk isn't going to be paying that much of attention. And that's a part of the equation as well. Uh, but in, 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 I can assure that many of them will be looking at their phones texting. And you might be thinking, you know, well, I'm protected, but I had the legal right away. I've got a crosswalk here. I'm going to walk in the, through the crosswalk. Well, I'll just break the news to you. Many of these people flying down the highway through the crosswalk in their car are not aware of that or could care less or or, are completely oblivious because they're not paying attention in the first place or because they're looking at their phone so and texting. So my point is I urge everybody who's going to walk, especially mothers with children, mothers pushing a stroller, because this is one of the biggest um, things I see in this situation are women pushing their baby or their stroller um, in a very dangerous situation, putting themselves and their children at risk their innocent children at risk by not just utilizing proper caution when they are a pedestrian on the roads and the highways. Um, I just kind of wanted to get that off my chest and show those two things with you, because as I said, this is a very persistent and consistent theme and story in the Orlando Sentinel, particularly. Um, and again, as I said, I see it often on the television stations, the local television stations as well. And that just t- 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 alerts me that there's somebody higher up somewhere from a left-wing perspective who's driving this and they've got some kind of an agenda. Uh, uh, certainly a story worth covering, but the the coverage should, should be balanced enough to to understand that that the, 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 a, a huge part of the problem are just pedestrians not being safe as they cross these roads and, the, and these dangerous highways. And then, of course, the other side of the equation are people driving who are not being safe. <laughs> And um, you know, of course, we we could do a whole series of shows on people who are texting when they're driving, and that's that's an increasing major problem that we have, and it's an incredible danger. I mean, literally, if you go out on the highways, you never know. Um, as I know only know so well in recent days, you only you never know when you when you know, somebody's going to be fine down the road, not paying attention, looking at their at their phone. Texting. In fact, if you're on the road and you can even glance over and see other drivers, it's amazing to me how many other drivers I see flying down the road looking at their at their phone. So my point is, it's a terrible tragedy that so many people, especially here in greater Orlando metro area, are victims of are killed when they're walking as pedestrians. But I urge everyone to one, take responsibility. Don't be frivolous about crossing the road. Don't walk right out in front of cars, whether you have the right of way or not in a crosswalk. And certainly I 
urge everyone to certainly be careful with their their children, their babies and their toddlers, and don't put them at risk uh, by walking in, in an unsafe manner across the highway. But that's that's a big part of this problem. That's a big part of why so many pedestrians are being killed on the highways. And before we leave the topic, it's literally something that virtually a, a week does not go by where I have some almost some kind of a close call, if you will, or have to avoid a pedestrian and don't even get me started on motorcycles, but a, a pedestrian um, walking in a very unsafe manner uh, um, and putting themselves at risk on the highway. And I suspect a lot of you have, have had those situations as well. Well, before we go to our next break, I you know, mentioned and want to, of course, give a shout out to our friends, Steve White and the whole gang over at Porky's Original Barbecue, Apopka, and let you know that for any time for lunch or dinner, six days a week, Porky's Barbecue is a great place to get an outstanding meal and get food that you will literally will not get anywhere else. They've got, the, of course, the outstanding barbecue, traditional barbecue favorites, pulled pork, beef brisket, sliced pork, grilled chicken, and that's a particular favorite of mine is the grilled chicken at, at Porky's. They've got the traditional barbecue-type um, down-home sides, such as green beans and mac and cheese, black-eyed peas, and they've, and they've got one of their great dishes is their fried okra, which is you know not available at very many places. Of course, there are the specialty sandwiches, like the famous monster ribeye sandwich, the barbecue Cuban, and the le- legendary pig dip, which is sliced pork on pressed Cuban bread served with au jus. And there are a lot of other great sandwiches, specialty sandwiches, things that were actually created by um, owner Steve White with his his passion and his flair for barbecue and, and for food. There's a, and don't forget about the Mac Daddy Burger, which is a huge, thick chunk of ground beef smothered in macaroni and cheese, which comes with two sides. They've also got the best sweet tea around and the best banana pudding in the in these parts, plus a lot of other great um, meals as well. That, that's Porky's Original Barbecue in the heart of downtown Apopka. They're 256 East Main Street, uh, which is also known as Highway 441. And uh, don't forget about Porky's Catering. In fact, Porky's Catering is, is I would give them the highest possible recommendation that I could. But one, in addition to the outstanding food that they will bring, it's a one-stop catering event. You don't have to worry about anything. They'll they take care of the drinks, the ice, the the um, utensils, the napkins, everything that you'll need to have a wonderful party and a wonderful event can be can be delivered in one phone call to Porky's Barbecue Apopka. You can find them at porkysapopka.com. That's porkysapopka.com. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Room Show. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. News, views, and interviews important to you. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, a program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. 
great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And of course, on the Roger Franklin Williams Show, we talk about those issues that that respects the founding traditions of God, family, country, also respects our founding principles as expressed and written in the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, our legal justice system based on the presumption of innocence and due process, and all those things that make have, have made America such an extraordinarily great country. I have a, several things to just share with you over the course of the show today. And But first of all, I want to you know, give a shout out and say a big hello to our friend Dr. Patrick St. Germain, St. Germain Chiropractic and BurnFatOrlando.com and let you know that Dr. Patrick St. Germain has worked with athletes at all levels, from high school athletes to college athletes to col- to Olympic champion, professional athletes and Olympic champions. So when you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. That's 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. Call doc- when you're in pain, call Dr. Patrick St. Germain at 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. Dr. Patrick St. Germain and all the great people at St. Germain Chiropractic, proud to be voted best chiropractor once again, and well-deserved, too. Uh, several things kind of on my have uh, I'd just like to share with you today um, in kind of an eclectic discussion of our show. One is the play, the much-acclaimed Broadway musical play, Hamilton, is in Orlando now. And I have some thoughts about that actually some questions about it, and I'll pose those to you, and I welcome any your response that some of you might have. Uh, and that the, the, my first thing that strikes me is, well, I'll, I'll, I'll share with you my, my interest in the topic. First of all, uh, Alexander Hamilton is one of my most revered founding fathers and people um, in, in the history of America. I am just a huge, for lack of a better word, fan, uh, a huge respecter of Alexander Hamilton. I've read you know, as much as I can about him, um, and yeah, I think he's certainly one of the most interesting, fascinating uh, men, uh, figures in American history. In fact, his, his influence on the development of our country in multiple different ways is just absolutely extraordinary. Um one of the things that really strikes me about this play Hamilton, which is, as I mean, how could you miss it? As you, I'm sure you know, has you know won all kinds of awards. It's being proclaimed or acclaimed as just extraordinary, an extraordinary success and work of art by the the liter, literary community, the, the theatrical community, by the the mainstream media. And frankly, that just kind of shocks it shocks me literally. And the reason for that is pretty much anything, at least over the last 30 to 40 years, that celebrates traditional America, that that highlights legitimate heroic figures, especially from the, our, our days of the Founding Fathers, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, et cetera, et cetera, of course, Hamilton, uh, of course, um, usually the mainstream media it, which is, you know, as we all know, dominated by by the left wing, um, tries to denigrate our histor- great historical figures, 
and um, tear them down, uh, criticize them. So I'm, I'm, I first of all, it really it's gotten my attention that why is this play Hamilton, um, so acclaimed, and it's it literally it's a mystery to me. Um, I've got a couple of theories on it, <laughs> and um, I'll just share with those share with you those right now. And um, but but I'm I'm still very curious. I'm going to try to keep trying to explore and dig and find out uh, you know what what this is really all about. And the point that I would make is it's it's just surprising to see so many people that are that are establishment media establishment types on the on the left on the liberal side of things um so excited about something that 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 celebrates the life of somebody who who really whose life it doesn't really reflect you know modern day liberal you know, modern day liberalism or, or left wingism so it, it's a huge mystery in, in a way now as i've learned more about the the this particular production i've gleaned a few things that that i guess help help paint the picture a little bit but um but not not a whole lot but i mean the first thing that i would share it, 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 well, one of my premises is that i don't think that many of these people that are gushing over the play Hamilton, um, know anything about Alexander Hamilton. I think that, you know, and, and this is indicative of liberals in general that I've observed over the course of my life, um, is, you know, liberals is, and this has come, come from observing some of my liberal friends, are, seem to be really infatuated with what's hip, with what's cool, with what, whatever the media is promoting as, as the end thing. So one of my theories is that um, many of the liberals around here, in our, in certainly in Central Florida, there was an article in the Sentinel the other day that was uh, quoting a number of people, including some prominent people, about how much they were, how excited they were about the play Hamilton and how happy they were it was here, and those that saw it just had loved it so much. And, and I'm like, well, did the, knowing what I know about some of these people, I actually know a couple of them, um, at least from a, you know, perspective of them being high profile um if they really knew the real alexander hamilton they wouldn't be so thrilled about it from, from my perspective um so anyway i'll just just something that i've been uh, kicking around in my mind and i wanted to share it with you and but 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 back to the point is what i think is this this play has gotten such a claim that um a lot of a lot of liberals are who you know I've and certainly in my experience conservatives are are, are are less inclined to be bandwagon jumpers conservatives are less inclined to follow the media pack or you know, follow whatever's hip and cool and um, you know generally are more more discerning and more substantive so it I see I begin to I see this phenomenon and, and it just I have to ask the question um, I think that um, a lot of the li- liberal people and you know across the, the the media spectrum and across the country are jumping on the bandwagon because the media is promoting uh, the play Hamilton in such extraordinarily positive over the top positive ways. They're just jumping on the bandwagon and they want to be part of the bandwagon and Hey, they love it too. Um, here's what I know about uh, Alexander Hamilton. It's what everybody should know about him. Um, it's, it's very, very well documented. First of all, he uh, certainly was 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 no liberal. Um, and now, now back in the day, 
all the founding fathers were what was was in their era known as classical liberals, which is pretty much exactly the opposite of the of our liberals today. And that, um, you know, uh, but but other you know that aside, you Hamilton, and, and it's hard to even give a picture of of the guy because he his his skills were so and his influence and impact was so extraordinary. But here are a few of the things that are central to to the character of, of Alexander Hamilton and the man that he was. First of all, he was a right hand. He was a very close, very close to George Washington back all the way from the time he was 19 years old, when he served as literally an aide de camp for general Washington during the revolutionary war. He was a member of Washington's staff. He was a high and became a highly trusted. In fact, his literally his right hand man, if you will, um, as an aide to General Washington, Washington actually had found him, if you will, observed him. Um, he'd come to Washington's attention because he was already doing such an excellent job, uh, just as a 19-year-old officer. Uh, that relationship grew and, and matured and evolved to the point it, was, it became it was a lifelong relationship uh, that it, it, I guess eventually even merged into like a father-son relationship, if you will. Uh, when Hamilton served on Washington's cabinet, the original cabinet of, of the United States of America, and some of the uh, uh, others, are, of course, were were Henry Knox, who was the Secretary of War, and of course Thomas Jefferson, who was uh, Secretary of State, the original Secretary of State. So, first of all, can you imagine a cabinet meeting where you've got George Washington, um, Thomas Jefferson, and Alexander Hamilton? You're sitting in this same little small room around the same table. And, and, and at that time, the cabinet was only about five or six members um, at the time. But, but anyway, as this relationship matured, Hamilton became Washington's most trusted cabinet member, his most trusted advisor, uh, serving as Secretary of Treasury, uh, Treasurer on the, on the um, original cabinet. So, I, you know, that, I don't see how any of that is something you know your your basic liberal person or your basic uh, media type uh, entertainment uh, industry um, arts industry lib <laughs> would would find appealing. Um, another th- you know as in that role, Hamilton was literally the father of our financial system. He was just uh, you know I, I can't even think of the right word to to properly explain it. He was a passionate capitalist. Hamilton, um, he 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 was an aristocrat. He was certainly no man of the common people at all. Now his own beginnings were humble, and apparently, I guess this is part of the appeal to the to the play because those are really highlighted. From what I understand, I have not seen it. Um, is that you know he had the most humble beginnings, born down in the um, the Caribbean area, um, and. Um, so anyway, and he was, you know, he came to the, to America. In fact, I guess the fact that he was technically an immigrant. Now he, of course, he was a legal immigrant, um, is a part of the appeal to the libs to the play, and that the, his his background as someone who was an immigrant who came here um, on the bottom of the spectrum um, was part of his story. But but in, but the point is, once he became a powerful man in America. Hamilton was was just a, a rabid capitalist, and he, like I said, he 
part of his whole philosophy, his political f- philosophy as, as the leader of the Federalist Party at that era, was to um, hope to help to promote the aristocratic class. Uh, he was not a, a, a egalitarian by any means. He was the one. He was promoting the interest of the moneyed uh, gentry, the moneyed class of America. He he well, felt that they they were superior essentially. And if you're going to build a a thriving uh, society, a thriving country, especially with a thriving capitalist uh, economy, uh, the peop the peop the aristocratic people, the people with money, um, they were the ones that that were going to be the core of it. That certainly, uh, I, I doubt if any of these lives who were who were so crazy of the, of, the, of the play Hamilton know anything about that. Time for our next break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now back to the studio. Here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Glad you're joining us today. It's always great to be with you. Um, we get together this time every week. I want to, before we get back to our discussion about uh, the play Hamilton and my thoughts about it, and 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 more um, to the point, Alexander and Alexander Hamilton, the man. Um, I will, of course, want to remind you about my our friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair, and let you know that if you have a car, truck, van, any kind of vehicle that needs. In, where you need to find a place to care for it and take care of it and fix it with old school honesty, dependability, and integrity, you need to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. Like this, where I take my car. They're located 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, a Popkin. Please, please be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. It's also a great time to. Tell you just a little bit more about our friends over at Florida Door Solutions. Do you have garage door problems? Florida Door Solutions has your solution. Florida Door Solutions can care for, can fix, repair any kind of garage door. They also sell the finest garage doors in the industry, and they have a they have both a residential division and a commercial division. In fact. In their commercial division, some of the finest and most respected businesses in Central Florida are their customers. So, with anything, if you have anything related for anything related to garage doors, any kind of garage door problems, sales, service, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. You can find them at fladoor.com. That's fladoor.com, or just give them a call at eight six six FLA Door. That's 866-FLA-DOOR. Please tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Florida Door Solutions, proud to be voted best garage door company once again. Now back to the discussion about Alexander Hamilton. Well, I'll just first of all share a little more about, about the life of Hamilton and why I'm, it's such a mystery to me that so many, the whole left, American left has embraced this play Hamilton. It almost causes, causes me to... Um, Wonder if 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 they're portraying Hamilton accurately, um, and having not seen the play, I don't really, um, I don't know that. I don't know if they or not. But I, I will say there was a, a nice article on Friday's Orlando Sentinel, uh, a review of the play by Matthew J. Palm, the Orlando Sentinel theater critic, 
did shed some light on it for me. Apparently, according to this review by Matthew Palm, the, the play is pretty historically accurate. He mentions quite a few specific things in his review, which, which, are, which are certainly accurate. I have learned, since I've been kind of checking this out, because I am fascinated by this response, once again, it's because usually anything celebrating one of our founding fathers, anything anything celebrating somebody who was played a um, a large influential role in the founding of, of traditional America, usually is is denigrated by the mainstream media uh, and, and the left and the liberal community. Um, so it's shocking to me that that Hamilton, this play about Hamilton, is being so celebrated. Um, I think political correctness obviously comes into play here. Um, I wouldn't even go down that road because uh, it's uh, you know, we're at a point now, um, and there are some things that have happened over the course of the week. Uh, more egregious examples of political correctness run amok. Uh, the tyranny of political correctness, which I do want to address on future shows, and um, the reason I'm not doing it now is just because I, I don't have all the facts, and you know I want to make sure I'm check these things out before I, I, I comment on them. But um, it's in the various reviews of the play Hamilton, there's a political strong political correctness angle that, that comes up. So I'm sure that's, that's a big part of the, um, you know, <laughs> of the appeal to the, to the liberals. But, um, you know, Hamilton was, he was a right-hand man of George Washington literally throughout his life. Even after Washington was president, after Hamilton was Secretary of Treasury, Treasurer, they maintain a, a very close relationship. There are letters. In fact, there was a big scandal Hamilton got into where he had an affair. He got caught red-handed. Uh, the the woman he was having an affair with, husband, um, you know, they were really just low-life people. tried to uh, tried to blackmail him, <laughs> and uh, Hamilton, uh, you know. Deep six that because he went public with it himself, which had to be, I'm sure, humiliating for him. Um, but anyway, that whole scandalous ordeal, which is totally historically accurate, there was a wonderful letter from George Washington to Hamilton, which just talks about Washington's admiration for him and you know encourages him not to let this um, you know event, the sad event, um, you know derail his the great things where he's doing and um, just let him. And, Washington tells Hamilton he still holds him in the highest of esteem and esteem and you know, wishes him all the best in his life. And uh, so, I mean, it's, it, that's the kind of relationship Hamilton had with George Washington. And once again, yeah, the left does, does anybody on the left know that? <laughs> uh, because I think if they did, they probably wouldn't be celebrating Hamilton. Um, another thing, in, in, in addition to being just probably the most passionate um, capitalist in the history of America. Because the guy Hamilton literally created our our financial system, the whole Wall Street was was literally created by Hamilton. The whole uh, system of selling stock and um, you know all this kind of thing, uh, uh, credit markets, and uh, was literally put all together by Alexander Hamilton and his role as Secretary of the Treasury. Before that, uh, in addition, he's also a very uh, explicit Christian. His many of his writings, or he he talks about how Christianity is such an integral part of having a free society. He talks about, um, in fact, George. Speaking of his role as advisor to George Washington, um, not just a cabinet member, but 
the uh, trusted advisor, in fact, the most influential cabinet member. In fact, specifically, Je- Jefferson used to lament that. There are letters that Thomas Jefferson has written to his, his ally, James Madison, close friend and ally, um, where uh, he, 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 it, Jefferson is so frustrated because he talks about they will have these, because uh, Jefferson, of course, and Hamilton were always pretty much always on the opposite side of, of the spectrum as the country was developing. They had opposite philosophies. Jefferson was the guy who was the common man guy. He was the guy who was uh, for equal rights for citizens and, and did not want to see an aristocratic class develop in America. Hamilton was the guy promoting the aristocrats. But anyway, they would have these, these, these during cabinet meetings, on a dilemma or, or um, you know, issues they needed to decide, Washington would have Jeff- Jefferson stand up and make his case, and then he would have Hamilton stand up and make his case right there in their little small room they were in. And um, can you even imagine being a fly on the wall there? I mean, just imagine the wisdom and the extraordinary brain power and power of, of, of intellect um, that, the, that, that must have been to hear those arguments. But Hamilton seemingly always won the arguments because, and in part it was just because of his close relationship, because he had great arguments, I'm sure. And um, but you know, Washington was a Federalist, Hamilton was a Federalist. They were kind of had the same bent, if you will, political bent. Um, but at but at the same time, I'm sure part of it was just the close relationship Washington had with Hamilton and and the trust that that was there. But um, another point, the Constitution. Hamilton was inst- was was one of the driving forces in the our Constitution being ratified, uh, the Federalists of Papers, which and the pri- the three primary figures there were Hamilton, James Madison, who at that time Hamilton and James Madison were were had friendly relationship, which um, you know severed along the way, you know, and Madison became a close uh, ally, super close ally of of an actual protege of Thomas Jefferson. But it was Madison, Hamilton, and John Jay who, during the quest to have the Constitution ratified, and it was a very, this was no slam dunk deal by any means. In many quarters, it was controversial, and a lot of people, a lot of people who were instrumental in, in the in the fight for independence uh, were not for the Constitution. And it took a very, very difficult fight and public debate to to persuade enough people uh, enough states to vote to ratify it. Well, Hamilton was on the side of advancing the Constitution, and he um, both he you know he he and Madison and John Jay uh, wrote many letters, and that was the way things kind of public discourse was done. Of course, there was no cable television and talk radio back in those days. Things were done by pamphlet and 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 in the newspapers of the day, and they would write these uh, powerful editorials advancing and advocating. Uh, the Constitution and, and why it was important and wh- why we needed it and explaining various aspects of it. So anyway, once again, another aspect of, of Hamilton, in addition to creating our financial system, our capitalist financial system, uh, was also his incredible role, incredibly influential role, can, cannot be overemphasized role in the, ratif- the, 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 the writing of the Constitution and the ratification of the Constitution. Now, when was the last time you you saw a lib that that embraced and celebrated our our Constitution as written? <laughs> um, 
So anyway, I, and, and, and I get back to, I don't think a lot of these libs who are praising the play Hamilton know anything about the real man. I don't think they know anything about the real Alexander Hamilton. Now, I guess there's this now politically correct version um, that, that's out there um, centered around the fact that he wasn't born here and he did come here um, as, a, as an immigrant. But, but I emphasize he came here as, as, a, as a legal Im- immigrant. Um, also, and we don't even have time, unfortunately, to, to get much into this, much more into this, but he was a, a war hero, a revolutionary war hero. How many times do libs <laughs> celebrate war heroes, especially uh, uh, from, the, from our, uh, our past and our, our history? Um, Hamilton was, in addition to being, as I said before, a, an aide-de-camp for Washington beginning when he was only 19 years old. That's the kind of brilliance the guy had, um, the kind of ability he had. Washington p- observed him. He became aware of him um, and wanted him to, to be a member of his staff. Ultimately, over the course of the war, Hamilton uh, wanted to wanted to be in, in the fight. He wanted to not be a staff officer. He wanted to get out. And, 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 but also, and his role with Washington, Hamilton was at uh, the Battle of Trenton. In fact, he played a key role at the Battle of Trenton. He was one of the first guys that, that went for, went forward uh, to the Hessian camp. And I think he uh, helped knock out some um, some of the guards on duty and so forth. Um, so anyway, but but then and ultimately he he got. Um, he persuaded Washington to to give him a command, an artillery command, as an officer, and Hamilton once again was one of the true heroes of the Battle of Yorktown, the decisive battle in the American Revolution. In fact, he was one of the, once again on the front lines. That's the kind of guy he was. He was a, a stand up and a, and a be counted. He he was a, put his life on the line kind of a guy. Um, but he he was with his unit attacked the roundabouts. Uh, of the Brits at the Battle of Yorktown and, and over, overran them. That was that was the first uh, line of defense for the for the British. And Hamilton, you know, literally attacked him, attacked him with bayonets. Uh, was killing guys with bayonets uh, at the Battle of Yorktown. So, anyway, does any of this sound like something liberals would celebrate? It's a mystery to me, and I'm going to keep checking into it. And as I do, I'll keep sharing it with you. <laughs> 